Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 50. Oh, okay, um, anyway, uh, I am your host, Steve Heinrich, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, January 3rd, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along. There's a comment section on the show notes page. It's a pretty good place to leave feedback. Or you can email me at steve at pixelswim.com as well. So yeah, we made it to episode 50. (laughs) Kind of crazy to be here. So I figured for this occasion, I would set off some fireworks throughout the show here. I got a whole bunch of fireworks in my home office. I just uh, shoot them off as we go. I'm just kidding. I I don't think I would ever spend money on fireworks. Yeah. So I'm I'm you know, I'm usually just set off other people's fireworks, but anyway, happy episode 50 to myself, but anyway, let's just dive in like we usually do to our weekly notes, feedback and links like we do every time. So anyway, I hope everybody had a great new year. As you may have noticed at the beginning of the episode, I said this is in 2019, so this is my first show of 2019. And yeah, I hope everybody had a good new year. Uh, Happy safe new year. We made it into 2019. And so curious to see what the year holds. We shall see Uh, all the holidays are over now. So it's kind of the uh, the area I live in. It's January is generally where we get ready for a deep freeze (laughs) and just uh, go into survival mode. So Happy 19, everyone. Anyway, so the the only note really that I have for this week is, and I tweeted about this, I got my Marshall Major 2 Bluetooth headphones in. So I'll put a link to those in the show notes if you want to check those out. I got them for $49.99 with free shipping on eBay here in the US, and they are very, very nice. <laughs> They're really, really nice headphones. They're over-the-ear, kind of very vintage-looking sort of headphones the the quality of them is very good the sound is really good uh for music and podcasts i i kind of ran it through the paces of everything that i listen to like i said they look pretty pretty cool and vintage they're high quality materials there's i don't think it's actual leather but it's got that leather look and it's got a lot of just it's, it's got that unique marshall look if you if you know what a marshall amp amplifier looks like it's got that same kind of cool style to them. But I will say they are a bit on the bassier side, but the that really doesn't get in the way of the other music. It's not like it, they're all bass. You know, there's a lot of a lot of good sound throughout like, in, in all levels. So they, they just kind of lean a little bit bassy. For me, like I was saying, I think in the last episode, it's not, I'm not super picky about that. So they sound good to me. Uh, the one thing about them, my only drawback, and this isn't, this is just kind of the fault of the the type of headphones they are, the over the ear, you know, the cups over the ears, that I I tend to run a little bit <laughs> hot or sweaty. And so if I have them on for a while, they, you know, I can get a little bit sweaty. And they do, and the only other thing about this specific set is that they do, they are a pretty tight fit on the head. So they, I don't want to say pinch, but the the pinch of them is a little bit tighter than some other headphones that I've tried out in the past. 
And so they, you know, it's one of those, you probably need to take a break from these after a little while. And that's fine because I don't think that I would use, I'm going to be using them a ton. I just really wanted to have some like this on hand that were Bluetooth and wired as well. It comes with a really nice uh, coiled 3.5 millimeter male to male input. And so it's, yeah, just really great quality headphones overall. Kind of what I was expecting, honestly, from Marshall. And they definitely delivered in what they what they get, what they put in the box there. So I, like I said, I posted about these on Twitter. So if you want to go check out what I posted there, then, yeah, I'll, I'll try and put a link to that tweet in the show notes so you can get see the pictures that I took. Just real basic when I was opening the box kind of things. At this point, I definitely would give a thumbs up and recommend them. Uh, I don't see any real caveats with them. They're very nice headphones. So and and for fifty dollars, it's hard to hard to beat. So I'm sure there's plenty of other headphones with higher quality audio and stuff like that. But for me, I don't necessarily require those. I actually, on the whole, use a pair of JVC headphones that are kind of mini over the cup ears or over the ears cups. <laughs> Either way. And I actually came across, I'll put a link to some of these JVC ones in the show notes too. These are great little headphones to carry around that have pretty good sound. I'm trying to find the model number here. All right, either way, I can't I can't find the model number on them right now, but I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check those JVC headphones out. Those I actually picked up when my wife and I went to London in 2015. I actually brought with me just a pair of, I think I had a pair of, Nokia earbuds that came from I forget which device I got those with but that's what I had on the flight there and they were not really that loud or great and I think they actually broke at one point I think the the right the right channel broke and so when we were in London I forget I think we we're at the stable shops and so I actually picked up these a pair of these JVC headphones there they're wired uh, headphones and they were really great for the flight back. And then I just kept using them after that because they were really surprising quality for what they are. And I, they're actually pretty cheap now. I think you can get them for about $15 or so around about that price. They're just a really good little pair of headphones to have around. And so I actually broke the first pair that I had. I accidentally pulled the one of the wires out from the, the headphones, uh, the headphone cups. And so they couldn't really fix it back so I actually picked up another pair I liked them so much but either way like I was saying check out the show notes if you want to see those uh, as well because those are just as good if you have a uh, you know if you want an extra pair of headphones to kick around and uh, they're not like I said they're not bluetooth so but just a nice pair of headphones anyway that's enough about headphones for now all right so let's just jump into the main section of the show again this is episode 50 Okay. Anyway, um, just wanted to give kind of a state of the union of updates for the Pixel Swim podcast. We're 50 episodes in. And so what I thought I would do is I would kind of go over some topics that I've talked about in the past that I basically will bring us kind of up to date on certain things that I've talked about that maybe I haven't come back to. And if you can think of any other topics that I talked about in the in the past 49 episodes that I never really came back to that you want to hear about, just let me know. Again, that's at pixelswim.com if you want to do that. And so I thought I would go over 
some of those updates and just kind of wanted to start off with why just kind of restate why I started this podcast and just reiterate my my mission statement, I guess you could call it. But basically, I started, you know, I, I started this podcast because I needed an outlet to talk about my technology and my my journey with technology. And so actually, you'll notice at the beginning of the every episode, I kind of have a little spiel about, you know, about what the podcast is. And it's slowly evolved over time. But really, this is all about my personal journey through design and technology. And I, like I said, I've said it before, but I've never really set out to create any sort of podcast empire. You know, I wasn't looking not I'm still not looking and I still don't not really looking for a way to to make money on this podcast. You know, this is really just a a passion project, a, a hobby, that kind of thing. And just the fact that there's anybody listening is is uh, I'm grateful for that because it's really kind of morphed the podcast into something and kept me accountable and try to release a new episode every week because of that. And and I just it's helped me to be consistent and to get my thoughts out and kind of work through things on air, you know, uh, my experience with all of these things. And, you know, it's been overwhelmingly positive feedback that I've gotten. And I just am grateful for that. But uh, yeah, so this is overall just my personal journey through technology. And that's, you know, I don't really have any plans to morph into much else. You know, I, I'm engulfed in technology every single day in different ways. And, and a lot of people are. And so I just want to share that. That's really all this is. This is just me sharing my experience. Anyway, with that said, I will go over some updates here, try and update on a few topics that I went through, went back, went back through all of the the show, the episodes of my podcast and thought, hey, maybe I should <laughs> I should probably fill in some gaps here and kind of bring some updates to things that I've talked about in the past. And the first of which is talking, I want to give an update on where I am with my password management. So this is something that I have talked about in the past. And I, I think I kind of got to the conclusion at one point that I was going to go all in with NPass. And that is actually the case. So I just I am basically fully integrated with NPass now. So I went through the initial setup of getting all my passwords in there. And even kind of to the extent where I've changed almost all of my passwords for all of my accounts uh, based off of NPass's randomly generated passwords. So basically, I don't even really know <laughs> what the passwords are anymore. Everything is stored within NPass itself. And so I use the NPass app on Android, uh, which you can use you can use a fingerprint to to authenticate on that app. So it makes it nice and quick to jump in and find a, a username and password for a site. And I think the NPass app actually has a browser on. I haven't really dug into that very much. But when I do need a password on my mobile device, I jump into the NPass app. And where I actually use NPass the most is in my browser. And I'll get to this in a little bit too in Firefox and, and Chrome. But the NPass has great extensions for all of the, the major browsers out there on the desktop environment. And so I actually use it quite a bit in Firefox to log into websites. And whenever I sign up for a new account, I the NPass plugin for Firefox will jump up and suggest saving that username and password for that site. And I have been continuously been adding 
new logins to that. So yeah, I am fully in the NPass world right now. And I, I honestly don't see any any caveats right now in my situation. I've kind of learned how to use it. Uh, there's not a, a way to necessarily have everything auto-filled in the browser where essentially you need to open the or click the button in the in Firefox to open up your options for signing into the current website and it's not necessarily pulling into the form already and so honestly that's really not that big a deal to me I don't log in to stuff a ton of times you know there's not a lot of stuff that gets logged out of and so it's you know a couple extra clicks here or there really isn't that big a deal to have everything in one place in my opinion and I I've really enjoyed MPass and can definitely recommend it. And they just had a big update, especially to their interface, mostly to their interface. It seems like uh, that looks really good. So I haven't gone, haven't combed through much of that yet because I only just updated everything the other day. So, but I'm definitely glad that I went down the uh, the route of trying to find somewhere to keep all the passwords in one spot because it it frees up so much, you know, concern about what and where my passwords and, and usernames are. And, you know, sometimes it's it's a matter for getting your username or an email address that you use on a website, you know. And so it's just a really nice option to be able to have more secure logins with the random password generator and all that. But yeah, NPass, two thumbs up from me. I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure I'm, I'm actually kind of thinking about something for my wife because she's run into a couple situations in the recent past where she's had issues with logging in and finding logins and stuff like that. So I'm, I don't know if NPass would be perfect for her. There might be another solution for her, but I'm definitely going to get something together for that to make her life a little bit easier. All right, so that's the update on my password management because I know I haven't come back to it in a while. And so I also wanted to mention that I still haven't taken a smartphone detox. This is something that I talked a little bit about in a couple episodes, and I still haven't done it. I still haven't put my SIM card in. I think I was talking about the Lumia 1020 at one point to kind of scale back on on my smartphone use. But really what I found myself doing is scaling back on my my daily driver smartphone, uh, scaling back the notifications, scaling back, you know, different different things. Like I had mentioned something simple like turning off the battery percentage so I don't obsess over it kind of a thing. And even on my LG G6, the, the always on display option, I turned that off. And it, it, you'd be surprised, or at least in my case, how much it actually has helped me not to be obsessive about what's going on on my smartphone and and in that whole world and it it's, it's amazing what a what a, a tap you know the the hiding things behind a tap or a few taps can do you know now i don't just have information constantly looking at me on the screen i have to actually take action on it and i do it less because of that it's it's one of the it's not to say that i'm like lazy or something to that effect but it's just if it's a tiny little hurdle where it's you realize it's not that important to check the device so often and honestly getting into better habits with my my current smartphone has actually helped quite a bit uh, like i said scaling back those notifications and and hiding away different information that I, you know, obsessively check and that kind of thing. Now, Twitter, I'm having a little bit of trouble still getting away from, but looking at ways to kind of scale that back as well. 
But yeah, that's kind of where I am with my smartphone detox situation. I think it's important to not be so phone centric to, you know, not have your head constantly bent down looking at a device. But, you know, that smartphones are really great. And, I, you know, obviously they're a passion of mine, you know, at least they're of great interest to me. And so almost doubly hard not to constantly be looking at it. But I'm determined to sort it out and and kind of simplify things there because it's not it's just not good for overall habits and stuff like that. But anyway, let's uh, the next thing that I want to address is and I talked a little bit about this, too, in the past about podcast apps. And I think back when I went over the podcast apps that I've used, I was on AntennaPod which I still like a lot. But in the recent past, I, they actually ran an update to the app, a pretty big update. It's an open source Android app, and they had a pretty big update recently, and it, it wiped out my entire podcast database in the app, uh, basically losing all of the, you know, where I'm at, all of the the listen to episodes. And one of the biggest features, I, th- I think, in a podcast app that I really like to be able to sync across, you know, and to continuously keep track of is the episodes that I've listened to. And so I've, I've listened to, I haven't listened to it in a while. I kind of got burnt out on it. So I'll be going back to it soon, but I listened to the stuff you should know podcast. And if you are aware of that podcast, they've been around for 10 years and they have over a thousand episodes and they're all in the, in the podcast feed. And so if you don't keep track of the ones that you've listened to, it can be quickly get out of control as far as trying to figure out which ones you've listened to already because they cover so many topics and it's so hard to remember. So I have made sure to try and keep track of every single episode that I've listened to. And basically in the in the app, it'll, you know, it'll gray it out or you can hide the listen to episodes, that kind of thing. So you only see the ones that you haven't listened to. And so in a feed with over a thousand episodes, this is really important. And uh, for me, at least, that's one of a few feeds kind of like that, that I want to make sure I keep track of the episodes that I've listened to. Even in a feed with only a couple hundred episodes, it can be important. But either way, AntennaPod wiped everything out, so it didn't even matter. (laughs) But I decided to go back to Podcast Addict on Android, which... I've talked about uh, in the, on that episode about podcast apps when I talked about it, and I still uh, b- believe this is that it is by far the most full featured podcast app on Android uh, podcast addict. And basically any almost anything you could want to do in a podcast app as far as sorting episodes, as far as managing downloads, managing cleanup, managing uh, just managing every single aspect of your podcast listening plus other stuff on top of that it is by like i said it's by far the most full featured the one thing about it is that it doesn't have an automatic backup or syncing to other devices but for me i found that this isn't really that big of a deal because i only generally only use one phone or one device to listen to podcasts i don't listen to them on my computer i don't listen to them on my tv you know or anything like that so for me, it's not that big of a deal that there's no automatic syncing or automatic backup. Now, with that said, I do go in every once in a while and back up the the entire 
podcast addict database, which includes the episodes that you've listened to, which is really nice. So when you restore something, you don't have to go through and reselect all the episodes that you've listened to, which I've done with the the stuff you should know podcast <laughs> a few times. And so I just make sure that I the podcast addict backup is I do that every once in a while and upload it to OneDrive just to have it there. Now, if I was going to listen to podcasts across devices, I did, and I've talked a little bit about Plex recently about potentially setting up a Plex server, which would, you know, it's a content hub for all of your media and that you can, you know, your own kind of media server. And Plex actually offers a podcasting or a podcast section where you can load in podcast feeds and basically sync them across all your devices, including on the Android Plex app. And then there's also the Plex app for Roku, which I have tried and on the on the PC as well. And so that's a like I I'd probably go that route if we went down the the Plex server route, my wife and I and we decided to put all our media on one sort of media server device on our network, then I would probably be more inclined to sync. You know, that's how I would go about syncing across devices. I don't think I would ever go to anything like Pocket Casts or anything like that. You know, I just haven't really gotten into Pocket Casts. Just the comparison of Podcast Addict and Pocket Casts is very, they're very different podcast apps. Pocket Casts is a beautiful app, really is well-designed, but it, in my opinion, is not the easiest to sort and manage podcasts if you if you're coming into it for the first time, especially in something like when I, like I was talking about and having to select, you know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes that you've listened to in a feed like uh, stuff you should know. But I just overall have found Podcast Addict to be my favorite on Android. And that's why I ultimately went back to it because you can do other things like add audiobooks to it. If you have an audio MP3 on your your file storage on your phone, you can add that as a audiobook in the app itself. And so you can use it that way, you know, and it saves your spot and everything like that. And I think you can also add radio stations and any sort of online streaming URLs and stuff like that. It's just a really I just I can't recommend it enough because it is just fully featured and no matter what level you're at, you know, there's there's something for everyone in there and there's just tons of tools and stuff. But anyway, I just wanted to let everybody know I'm on Podcast Addict again and I hopefully I can just stick it out. You know, I'm always looking at other podcast apps, but Podcast Addict has been my favorite. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about is the fact that and I mentioned it already is that I'm my main browser is Firefox right now. I've talked about browsers in the past and and using Chrome versus Firefox and even Opera at one point on uh, my PC. So I decided that I'm just going to try and stick with Firefox full time as much as I can. And I have been for a few months now. And I overall, I just really like Firefox's their their mission statement and their privacy features and everything. their all their goals that they're reaching for as far as the data and the privacy of the user of the browser. It's just kind of a no brainer if you're in that camp, like I've been talking about a lot about data and privacy and and companies and what they do with it. And Firefox is definitely an easy choice if you are in that in that realm. So and then also with Microsoft Edge being going to Chromium and basically rebuilding based on the 
the Chromium project, it's nice to at least have one other option <laughs> as far as how the web browser is built. So on the PC anyway, I know that that Mac has their own thing. But overall, just giving Firefox a really good go. Honestly, I haven't regretted going to it since I switched fully back to it. And really, I've been working with it really well. And even with the Microsoft services, which I well, which I'll get to next, it's worked pretty well for all of that, too. So with all that said about Firefox, and like I was mentioning, I am uh, the next point is that I am using all of Microsoft services now. So I went at a bunch of episodes, obviously, where I was trying to make the switch over to Microsoft away from Google services. And so everywhere that I can, I have switched over. So I'm using my Outlook email as my main email. OneDrive is my main online storage, which is really easy to do because there's a terabyte that comes with the Office 365 Home subscription. Even though some of these Microsoft services aren't as good as Google's, aren't as refined, like the contacts and the calendar management aren't as refined as Google's, they do work. <laughs> I think that's really what it comes down to, because I've had a few weird quirks and bugs here and there, with, especially with the calendar, uh, Out, Outlook's calendar, Outlook.com's calendar. There's been a couple bugs where there's multiple birthday showing up for contacts and having to rebuild the birthday contact calendar and stuff like this. It's just been it's been a little bit buggy, you know, overall, it works pretty well, though. And I'm not I'm not like upset with these things. And actually, you know, working around and trying to figure some of these things out is, of course, not out of my realm. And it's not something that I necessarily hate doing. So it's, you know, brings out the geek in me to figure things out and getting everything set up nicely everywhere is been working out really well. And actually on my LG G6, which I've, of course, I've decided to keep using as my main device. I had the the Outlook app installed on there, which came with the calendar and then a toggle for contact syncs as, sync as well. I had all that set up in the LG G6, but I didn't think that was fully fledged as far as features go or as far as syncing goes on my device and really I was trying to get the calendar my Outlook calendar to sync in the to the Android system calendar to be listed under the Android system calendars and so what I did on my G6 is I kind of ditched the Outlook app and on the G6 it comes with the option to add a Microsoft Exchange account outside of Gmail because the G6 has its own email app and calendar app, uh, LG's version of those. And so I added my my Outlook account, Outlook.com account as an exchange account. And so essentially this loaded in all my contacts and calendars and email into LG's apps, you know, essentially into the system so I can access those calendars in the Android system, which is useful because I have a widget that I use called the next four agenda that I put on my home screen that shows me the next four or next. I, you can have up to four, I think, events that it shows in your calendar. I just have it at three. But either way, that widget that I really love using needs to access the Android system calendars so you can select which ones you want to display with the Outlook app just the Outlook app, you those calendars are not added into the 
Android system and I cannot display them on that widget, which is part of why I've kind of just decided to go with LG's apps and the Microsoft Exchange account on the phone itself. So and it's actually been working out really well. You know, I mean, they're not really missing any features in that. There's no other inbox option. But honestly, having everything in one inbox isn't really that bad for me because I don't get, you know, I don't get a ton of emails. So but yeah, I'm basically set up and integrated with all of Microsoft services. And I actually I was previously using Google Docs for my show notes for the podcast here because it's, you know, nice and easy place to set up a document that I can edit anywhere on my phone and my computer, that kind of thing, because I do sometimes put notes in on my phone uh, for the episodes here. But I've actually switched over to Word online for that. I know I could just use a a Microsoft Word document that I open up in Word, but I, I prefer to use it through the browser here. And so, yeah, I've even switched over to Word and Office online, basically, for the show notes. And that's been working almost the same, basically, as as Google Docs. So I'm 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 pretty much sold and and all in on Microsoft stuff right now. And like I was saying, they're not as good as a lot most of these aren't as good as Google's and not as refined as Google's tools, but overall and nonetheless they work. And so I it hasn't held me back at all. You know, an extra tap here, an extra click there, basically that kind of stuff is it's not really anything that's you know, showstopper. So, and I'm happy where I'm at right now with all of Microsoft stuff. So, um, you know, minute for for a while now, I'll be using these services if, unless Microsoft gives me any reason to to move away from them. But I'm I'm more than happy to pay the the Office 365 Home subscription and get premium features on top of all of these these things. So, that's that's the setup that I'm I'm preferring more than you know, a free service, and then my data is the payment. But and I know, you know, overall, Microsoft, I'm sure is taking some of this data, but I still feel like they are providing a service that I'm paying for. But we won't get too much into that (laughs) right now. I just wanted to update everybody on the fact that I am not only am I all in on NPASS, I'm all in on Microsoft now. And it's worth noting that I still do use YouTube and I still do check my Gmail just to see what if anything comes through there. But almost everything is pointed at my Outlook now. But I do still do use some of Google services because YouTube is, you know, there's no replacement for YouTube right now. And actually, with that said, kind of it actually kind of ties into my next update here is I talked a lot about the iPhone SE and getting that for my wife. And things kind of stalled after all of the episodes that I talked about it because it was just my wife's in the middle of the semester. It's not it's not a good time to switch her to another device, especially another operating system when she needs to keep her workflow going and not, you know, no, no time to sit and learn a new way to use your phone when you're, you know, trying to get a lot of other things done. So things kind of stalled on that front. The S- iPhone SE, and you know, we we were both convinced that hey, this might be worth trying. But like I was talking about YouTube earlier, I've actually be, since I got the Roku app, not Roku app, the Roku streaming stick for our TV, I've been using it a lot to watch YouTube, like in the bedroom, you know, in the at night just to catch up on some YouTube videos. And of course, one of my favorite YouTubers is Flossie Carter, because why? I mean, it's 
you know, Flossie Carter. It's just he's hilarious. And so I've been playing those out loud in the bedroom, his reviews. And, you know, those those things can go a half hour to an hour long. And and like I was saying, you know, Flossie, he's he's pretty funny. But either way, I've been playing those reviews and my wife has been listening to them. You know, she's been hearing she loves Flossie. She she loves Flossie and White Shoes. And if you don't know who White Shoes is, that's his cat that makes appearances in his videos. But either way, she's been seeing the videos and she thinks he's hilarious. She does. Uh, so she doesn't mind when I play Flossie's new videos, you know. But either way, a kind of surprising thing happened during all of it is that she wasn't, you know, she was she likes Flossie, but she's also you know, she's kind of said, hey, I've been learning, you know, a lot about the phones that are out these days and all the features that they have. And so she's like, I don't know if I want an iPhone, <laughs> you know, like, I think I kind of want to stick to the Android world. And that's kind of, you know, where where I like things to be. I kind of like that setup. And I don't know if I necessarily want an iPhone because she sees all the Android phones and all the features and stuff like that. And so we kind of also determined that she could probably benefit from a flagship Android device. So when I originally got her that Q6, she wasn't using her phone a whole lot. And it her habits actually kind of changed recent, well, fairly recently, because she has gotten a little bit into the the couponing world where you can where we can save on, you know, there's certain apps and and things like that where you can save money on products and stores. And so she's gotten a little bit into some YouTube channels that kind of go over all the deals and stuff like that. But there's apps involved in that. And so she's been using a lot of apps and she uses the camera quite a bit. And that Q6 is I've, I've watched her use it and used it a little bit myself recently is very laggy in those situations and sometimes even crashy. And so the fact that she's using using the phone quite a bit for things like camera and apps and just getting around the phone is kind of becoming a pain that, again, like I said, she would probably benefit from a, a flagship Android device, honestly, more so than I would. <laughs> I mean, I could probably use that Q6 and be just fine. In fact, I did for a while. So but with that said, we also don't, you know, all the the recent flagships have all, you know, Android phones and phones in general are getting bigger and bigger, you know, and that's part of the reason we were looking at the iPhone SE was because of its size. And so I really have honed in on potentially getting her a Sony Xperia XZ1 Compact or XZ1 Compact, depending on where you are in the world, because it's one of the few flagship devices that actually is in a compact size. And yeah, it's a little bit bigger than the iPhone SE, but I think overall she's going to be okay with the size still because it's still you know i wouldn't say considerably but it's very much smaller than a modern flagship device and it's still fairly modern i think that xc1 compact has the snapdragon 835 in it i think really that's on the top of our list now to potentially get her that because i think it actually meets a lot of her needs as far as size of the phone and performance and she's not necessarily taking like artsy digital photos or anything like that. She just kind of needs something that's going to get the photo. And I, from what I've seen in reviews of that XZ1 Compact is that it seems like it would be more than adequate for that. And the funny thing, too, that she mentioned is that she wants speakers that are on the front again because she 
has had that on the last couple phones before the Q6. She had the the Moto G third gen and the Moto G second gen. And the Moto G second gen actually had front facing stereo speakers. And the third gen had just one speaker, but it was on the front as well. And the Q6 has the speaker on the back of the phone. And so she will actually, you know, take phone calls or listen to music, light music and set the phone down, you know, on its back and it will get muffled. And she's, you know, Floss actually talks a lot about speakers on phones. It's one of his favorite features. And so she's like, yeah, you know what? I actually do prefer that. I would prefer the phone to have that. And that XZ1, XZ, (laughs) see, I I can't help but say XZ. But either way, the XZ1 Compact has front-facing stereo speakers. And I know they're not the the bassiest of things, but they are supposedly pretty, you know, pretty loud. And the fact that they're front-facing is actually a, a big benefit. I think that XZ1 Compact will be actually a better fit for her because it's actually fairly stock android or at least to the point where she will recognize how to use it without having to learn anything new and then of course the form factor and the front-facing speakers the more than adequate camera the battery life supposedly pretty good for its size it has expandable memory and because she has a memory card now i've talked about in the past she has a 128 gigabyte memory card so and the fact that we can still use that it would be really great. She's only got one semester left. I don't know how much video she'll be taking, but we still have the option there. But anybody that's had any experience with the the Sony Xperia XZ1 Compact, uh, let me know your thoughts on it. I'm, I'd be curious to know if there's any major caveats with it. I, I also looked at the XZ2, uh, but there's no headphone jack on that one. So that's something that she would definitely miss, I think. Uh, she does have a pair of Bluetooth headphones that she uses a lot at home, but when she's at school or something like that, she just likes to be able to plug in a quick pair of earbuds, you know, for some basic stuff. And so it's, you know, not we would like to keep the headphone jack, which is part of why the the XE1 Compact is kind of at the top over the XE2. But yeah, that's where we are with that search for for her phone. That's kind of a big revelation actually over the last couple of weeks. Like I said, I'm just been playing a lot of videos on the TV as far as phone reviews and stuff like that. And like I said, she's a big fan of Flossie. And honestly, you should be too. <laughs> and I, the thing with Flossie too is that I, I think a lot of people don't agree with the things that he values in a device. But I just that to me, that's kind of missing the point with with Flossie is that he tells it like it is from his perspective and you just have to really keep you just keep that in mind you know it's not like oh well like we were watching a review of a phone and my wife was you know they were explaining some of the features and I'm like that's that wouldn't that's not important to you you know like just making sure she understands that like just because they're talking about it in this video doesn't mean necessarily that it's something you need or something that's going to be important but it was kind of nice to be able to get her feedback on a device and for her to be more informed about the features that are on these phones these days so she can, you know, kind of give her personal preferences for things. And so, yeah, that's why everything pointed to that XE1 Compact. But anyway, that's where we are with that. Okay, so those are really all the topics that I wanted to cover as far as catching up on certain things. Again, if there's something that I've talked about in the past that I haven't come back to you, let me know. I will definitely go back and, and retouch on where I am with it. 
So you can get in contact at pixelswim.com and leave a comment or email steve at pixelswim.com. So, so I just kind of want to go over also the what kind of what are my goals and and kind of what am I focusing on for the next 50 shows so we've made it 50 so far almost a year so not quite a year so obviously 52 episodes would be a full year because I've gone amazingly miraculously every single week since I started been able to put out an episode but for the next 50 I and you know I talk about in the beginning my design like that there's a design aspect to this podcast and I, here's the thing is, is that I'm not really that psyched to talk about graphic design or and stuff like that. I know it sounds weird and I feel like I've kind of been shoehorning it in a little bit to, you know, meet the the criteria that I talk that I kind of based the podcast on. But the, the, the design stuff isn't necessarily the stuff that I'm most passionate about talking about. You know, I'm very I love design. I love doing graphic design and stuff like that. But, you know, I do it all day and I don't necessarily have a passion to talk about it or need an outlet for it. And so I really am probably just going to just focus on the technology aspect in my life. And I know that most of this podcast has been that way, has gone that way. But I just wanted to kind of refocus my my mission for my, you know, as far as my my podcast goes here and the the focus of what I want it to be as far as an outlet for me. And like I said, obviously, I've been talking mostly about technology, but I'm not going to try and force in the graphic design stuff as much just because I don't, you know, I don't I don't want it to come across like I, you know, don't care about that stuff. Uh, Because I do I just am not really, like I said, I'm not really psyched to talk about it. But I, with that said, I'd still do like talking about web technologies and redesigns and stuff like that. Uh, I just don't go in depth about those things because it's kind of wore out after working an eight hour day of do, you know, kind of partaking in all of that. And so, yeah, the technology stuff is really the what I feel like this is. This is really why I'm doing this podcast. So I just wanted to refocus that so I might not be talking about any sort of design for a while. I know I don't do it a a bunch and that's kind of why and I just wanted to put that out there as well. Uh, But with that said too, if you have any graphic design questions, always feel free to to reach out to me any web design questions or anything like that. So I don't ever want to, you know, take that away like you can't bring anything up like that or, you know, or, or that I personally can't do that either. But it's just I really want to make sure I'm focusing on what this is an outlet for, and that's technology. So, and, and in the next fifty shows, I also I'd like to have more guests on, uh, but here's the thing: it's not that it's not always that easy for me as far as scheduling and as far as editing, and this already it takes up a you know a good chunk of my free time, and you know as far as making notes, getting the episode ready, recording it and then editing it and then publishing it my time gets taken up by a lot of that stuff and so throwing a guest in there isn't always the easiest you know especially with the scheduling because usually i you know i have to dig out a time just to just to record the solo episodes but you know with that said i'm i i do i'm not like saying i'm not going to have any guests i'm just kind of letting myself know and trying to be honest about the fact that 
it's not always easy for me to set that up. But honestly, if you've gotten to this point, if you've gotten to episode 50 in the podcast, you kind of understand and, and hopefully are okay with just me most of the time. So so with that said about talking about guests, I do want to just thank, send a thank you out to all of my guests that I've had uh, in these first 50 episodes. So basically in 2018. So I've had Tom Stewart. He was the very first guest on the episode, and he's actually the only repeat guest. So I've had Tom on twice. He's been a great guest. I love having Tom on. He's a just a great guy to chat to and with, and it makes for a really good episode. So thank you, Tom, for coming on. And of course, my most still my most listened to episode, I'll just say thank you to Ted Salmon, who came on, who was kind, and him and Steve Litchfield have been very kind to me when I started the podcast, and they have just been really great chaps, as you would say. And so thanks, Ted, for coming on. And thanks to my friend Noah Lambert for coming on. He was very gracious to come on and, and talk about it, his world and with Apple devices and other technology that he uses. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Noah. And of course, my niece, Azure, who was the last guest that I had on. And so definitely appreciate Azure and the her bringing her different perspective onto the podcast and I just thank you to everybody who gave really great feedback after her episode. And I'm hoping to have her on again at some point. If you have any questions that, you know, for the future, for when Azure comes on again, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have her on. She's just a, an easy guest to get on. You know, it's easier to record the things in person. So when we, whenever we have her over next, I'll probably set up a little recording for us. So. But yeah, those are all my guests in 2018. Thank you again to everybody. And just thank you to everybody for listening, um, for listening to me babble on about my journey through technology and and figuring things out as far as podcasting and getting my thoughts and my and ideas and everything that I've been, you know, chattering on about for 50 weeks now. So I I, I think for the one year podcast episode 52 I'll try and do something else as well <laughs> so I just you know I like the round numbers and so episode 50 is just a good time to sit back and reflect on everything that I've done so far and get ready for the next year and the next 50 episodes so here's to episode 50 oh, oh okay anyway I'll <laughs> I swear that'll be the last sound effect you won't hear one for a long time but with that said, too, maybe I'll start using more sound effects. Let me know if you want them. I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> I just, you know, I couldn't help myself. I never haven't used them in the past, so I thought I would throw a few in here. But either way, let's wrap things up for this episode, episode 50. And just thank you for tuning in, as always. If you want to give any feedback on the episode, just reach out at, to steve at pixelswim.com or visit pixelswim.com. You can find all my social links there and the show notes paid page with the comment section on it so thanks again everybody for tuning in have a great afternoon or evening or morning or dusk or dawn or twilight or lunch or dinner or breakfast or whatever time it is when you're listening to this so thanks again and god speed <laughs>